Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back. Here's another look at the Women's World Cup bracket. We know that Spain will be moving on to the final, but who will they face? We'll find out tomorrow morning if it's going to be England in Australia on that final. We are so excited to welcome in Jenny Chu to the desk. Jenny, in our first segment, we chatted about that Spain-Sweden match, but we didn't get a chance to hear your thoughts on it. What were your big takeaways from that result? My biggest takeaway is Salma Pararuelo. I've been talking about her the last few times that I've been on. Um, I don't know what you guys said, so you're both looking at me like you already covered this. No, no, we're... Go ahead. Queen. It doesn't matter. Queen. Doesn't matter. Okay, but the moment she comes on, she makes a difference. The first play, when she keeps it in and pl- passes it to Alba Rolfo, and it's like the most dangerous chance for Spain so far, she then scores the goal to get the lead, but it's just the... The dynamism that she has when she comes into the game, she absolutely changes it. Obviously, she scored the game winner in the last match, but there she is scoring that goal. Uh, And that's Jenny Hernandez putting that cross in to start. Same as the other match, Jenny Hernandez to Salma. Uh, Yeah, great from her. But the biggest thing is she's 19 years old. She's the only only teenager left um, on these last four teams. And she was a U17 and U20 World Cup winner with Spain. So all she's missing is a full-team World Cup. I'm mm-hmm. telling you, this, this is a resume, okay? And I don't understand why she doesn't start. But obviously, coming off the bench the last two matches, she's made her impact. So there's some planning there from, from Vilda, Vilda. But I'm in awe of her. 19 years old, to be doing things like that. I'm just amazed. Yeah, it's pretty spectacular. All right, let's uh, look ahead to tomorrow's other semifinal matchup between Australia and England. I think we're all pretty stoked for this one. Um, Australia, just kind of this, like, feel-good story of the tournament. They're obviously the host nation. And here they are playing in the semifinal. This is the farthest that they've ever gotten in this competition. Charlie, what have you... Men's or women. Men's or women. How have they done it? What have they done to get here? Uh... A great tactical game plan from their manager, Tony Gustafsson. And obviously, I, I love Mary Fowler, Caitlin Ford, uh, Katrina Gorey, the midfield, st- standout goalkeeper, Mackenzie Arnold. They've just been able to take it match by match without Sam Kerr and at the same time getting her those minutes to build up that match fitness. So now, you've gone this far with Sam, without Sam Kerr in the starting 11. She got enough minutes. I think it's, you, you see how that calf responds after all those minutes. And if, it's, if she's still good, I see her starting with, up top with Mary Fowler. Ooh. What a dynamic duo those two can be with Caitlin Ford on the left. They're going to have opportunities. And, and what I love about them is they've been resilient in the f- defense. 
clear back lines with the back four. I think they anticipate the balls extremely well coming out of the back, and then they're direct. Um, this Australia side is going to give England some issues in, in transition. Jenny was nodding her head. you agree with uh, Charlie's assessment? You know what? It's so interesting because a lot of people are having the conversation about whether Sam Kerr will start mm -hmm. or come off the bench due to her injury, especially it being a calf injury and being um, so finicky. I agree with Charlie. I think you start her. You try to get a hold of the game to begin with, and if she needs to come out, she needs to come out. You can't really foresee when you can put her in when these games go into mm -hmm. extra time, go into um, additional time. So, Well, she ended up playing how many minutes anyway? Almost she came in at like 50-something. Yeah. Yeah. But I still think that with the calf injury, I think you told us about the calf yeah. injury. Very finicky, you start her and then if you need to pull her out, you pull her out. But the only question is, does that ruin the chemistry that they have going on? Because Australia has been doing wonderfully without her. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something, obviously it's Sam Kerr, you want to play her right. on the field. Sam Kerr, Sam it's Sam Kerr. Kerr. But like. there's something about this team that is not one single player. And I think that that's, the, mm -hmm. that's the, what's so scary about Australia is that yes, all the focus coming into it is Sam Kerr. Sam Kerr hasn't been around. And Australia is doing it. It's a team spirit. I mean, it is completely a team. The way that Tony Gustafsson has done this, he has made it such a beautiful style of play for Australia to make it through. And listen, Serena Vigman, England's head coach, is a former Tar Heel, and she has um, taken Netherlands to the World Cup final and, and all of these things. You have so much respect for what she does, but he has shown incredible um, tactical mind um, in this World Cup, and I'm very excited to see what they do. For me, Katrina Gorey is the most important player for Australia. And no, no one's really saying that because obviously, you know, Mary Fowler is this bright light for Australia. And Rasso has, has been dating. Hayley Rasso well. has scored three goals, and, and no one's ever really talking about her either. Um, when we look back at the England versus Australia match that you had mentioned four months ago, when Australia wins 2 0, Hayley Rasso picks off the defense in the first goal, Sam Kerr picks off the defense in the second goal. England's defense has to have tightened up. Um, learning from that experience in this match. Would we say that England, I mean, are England the favorite yes. of the final? Oh, of the four? Three? Of the now, three remaining Spain, teams? I think Spain is probably. Spain, is Spain I, now? Who has been more convincing in the knockout stage? Group stage is one thing. But sure. In, in, in the knockout stage, Spain's had anything, the tougher, the tougher path, path. And Spain has been more convincing in the identity and they know what they want to do it feels like between Australia and England, England has become so organized in the back especially. Mind you, there's no Lauren James for, for this game. It's the last game that she's gonna be out. So hopefully for them, they, they make that final with her, but how do you deal without her? In, in the back, they've become organized. They don't concede a lot. And Australia has been known to grind out. Mm -hmm. This feels like it's got extra time written oh. all over <laughs> it. But, but listen, Australia has sold out all of their matches over 90% capacity. Sorry, not sold out. 90% capacity in all the games that Australia has played. Um, they had 75,000 people in the round of 16 match against Denmark. That is the third largest in Women's World Cup history. Wow. Okay, so just when you think about the crowd that's pushing them, you talk about England winning the Euros. They talked about how much the crowd like helped them win that. The crowd will be on Australia's side in this way. And England is going to look to take the momentum out of the game because with the crowd, <sighs> you know, you've played with crowds like that. Yeah. They feed you. For England, it's score early. Yeah. The, the earlier you can score, you can start to have the, the nerves set in for the crowd, the nerves set in for the players. Maybe they start to play, be a little bit more unpredictable and throw numbers forward, and that's when England can catch you on the counter. Mm -hmm. Rachel Daly has been phenomenal in, in that respect. And England's strength is their midfield. 
if they can control the tempo and not let Australia break mm -hmm. uh, on the counter, that's how you can neutralize the crowd as well as this Australian side. A little bit of an appetizer for England about having the crowd against you came in that Colombia game because it was overwhelmingly yeah. pro-Colombia, the crowd. So a nice little test before it Great is point. not only overwhelming, Who it's... Who wins? Australia in <gasps> penalty kicks. 1-1. One, one. Oh, my. Charlie? Charlie? <laughs> oh, Lord. Who I wins? Think, I think England's quality takes them, yeah. takes them through to the final. Jenny, I know you hate predictions. I know, I had a whole segment about this. Um, I think Australia, because they yeah. are the home crowd and they've done so well. Um, but I do want to say Kira Walsh for England is a difference maker. And if she's on, it's going to be very difficult for Australia. My, my heart says Australia, my head says England. So mm. We have England in our final. We have England in the World I know. Cup in our bracket. I know, that's true. That's true, we haven't even checked in on our bracket. We don't need to, don't even worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, never mind, but it's fine. I, I, it's along. like my, my, my former coach is, is helping this Australia team. I know, Get Chuck. There. I got want them to win, connection. but I just think I, I'm with you. England's quality. Yeah, <sighs> we'll find out. Is just Tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Um, all right, we're going to take a break, but Jenny is going to be back with some headlines on the other side. Don't go anywhere. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back. Here's a look at today's footy fix. We have those two Leagues Cup semifinal matches to look forward to. Philadelphia versus Inter Miami at 7 p.m. and Monterey taking on Nashville at 9.30 p.m. Both of those matches on Apple TV. We also have some UCL qualifiers to look forward to. Sturm Graz versus PSV at 2.30 p.m. Galatasaray taking on Olympia Ljubljana at 2 p.m. Both of those matches on Paramount Plus and Tomorrow morning, that second semifinal of the Women's World Cup, we'll see Australia taking on England 6 a.m. You can watch that match on Fox. But right now, we send it over to Jenny Chu for some more headlines. Jenny. Pause real quick. Susanna, did, is, Nico, are you going to the game tonight? In yeah, Miami? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you're waking up for tomorrow's match, World Cup match? Yep. So you don't believe in sleeping? And then not only that, <laughs> then there's, there's UEFA Super Cup tomorrow also, which hey. will be on the broadcast. What is it? It'll be... He's a what lunatic. What is in that mate? Yeah. Lunatic. No, I know. I, I hope I, you have I, the driver. I, That's I sleep not at the weekend. These you know are choices. What? These can, are choices you that you've something? made. There's no 7.30 a.m. kickoff for the Prem on Saturday. So that's when I go get my... Your Zs? Yeah. Please get a driver to take you to Philadelphia. I've got a friend. We'll switch. You need to rest. Yeah. You're okay. a maniac. All right, for these headlines, the <laughs> Italian national team is finalizing a deal to make former Napoli manager Luciano Spalletti the new head coach of the Azzurri. Roberto Mancini stepped down as Italy manager reportedly to become the Saudi Arabia head coach. Spalletti led Napoli to the Serie A title last season before stepping down with one year left on his Napoli deal, and the Italian federation could be forced to pay a release clause to free Spalletti from his contractual obligation with Napoli. Spalletti's deal with Italy would run through the 2026 World Cup. Staying in Italy, Roma is finalizing deals today for Leandro Paredes and Renato Sanchez. The two PSG midfielders are undergoing their medicals today in the Italian capital and are set to sign in separate deals. 
Paredes will join in a $4 million transfer, making the move less than a year after helping Argentina win the World Cup. Sanchez will reportedly join Roma on a loan in a deal that includes a $16 million purchase option for the Portuguese midfielder. What a transfer window for Roma. Right? In Premier League news, Chelsea has completed a record-breaking transfer for Ecuadorian midfielder Moises Caicedo, beating out Liverpool with a British record $146 million deal with Brighton. Chelsea had been pursuing Caicedo for months, but a late bid from Liverpool threatened to hijack the deal. Ultimately, Caicedo decided to honor the agreement he had made with Chelsea and will now head to Stamford Bridge as the replacement for N'Golo Kante, who left Chelsea in a $109 million transfer to Saudi Pro League side Al-Itihad earlier this summer. The reported $146 million fee paid for Caicedo is the third largest in European history and the highest fee ever paid for a defensive-minded player. In American soccer news, Tyler Adams has a new suitor in the wake of his proposed move to Chelsea falling through. According to multiple reports, Bournemouth has exercised the $25 million fee release clause in Adams' contract with Leeds, clearing the way for the signing of the U.S. men's national team captain. Leeds reportedly wanted to keep Adams to help them earn promotion back to the Premier League, but Adams can join any team that exercises the fee release clause. Adams has recently also been linked to Brighton, which needs a defensive midfielder after selling Moises Caicedo. In injury news, there have been a rash of ACL injuries suffered in Europe's top flight in the past week. And you can add Dutch defender Jurian Timber to that list. Arsenal's $43 million signing suffered any injury during Arsenal's season-opening win against Nottingham Forest on Saturday. Arsenal confirmed on Monday that Jurian Timber suffered a serious knee injury with reports in the Netherlands calling it a torn ACL. Timber joined the Gunners from Ajax for $43 million this summer, along with fellow signings Declan Rice and Kai Havertz. Charlie, Timber was supposed to strengthen Arsenal's defense, and can the Gunners now uh, get the Premier League without him? Or do they need to sign another defender before the end of this transfer window? Yes, they'll, they'll need cover. I mean, that's a massive blow because we've seen his impact already in the beginning of this season. He looked good. He, he was tactically flexible. He could play mm. right back, left back, center back, defensive midfield, comfortable in the ball. That option now is off the table because you could play a back three with him there. Now you need to go back into the transfer market because we saw when Saliba got injured towards the end of the season, what a drop off the back line uh, had with, without his services. So now it's like, where do you go from here? And, well, and I, I know Arteta was a big fan of Laporta uh, at Laporta at Manchester City, but Manchester City, I think, are like, we're done selling to you guys. You're, you're, <laughs> we're not feeding you our, our, our players so that you can compete with us for, for the, the league title. So Arteta is going to have to be creative and, and do the, the sporting director and figure out who can come in and be comfortable on the ball, a good defender, sound defender, and fit in with this squad. It feels like left back is the answer, a left-footed left back, because Zinchenko, who's been very injury-prone, injury now, Tomiyasu's the one that came on for Yurian Timber. I know Tomiyasu can play in that role as a right-footed left Either back. Yurian Timber was a right-footed mm -hmm. left back, but going out right now in the market to find somebody that can give you the tactical versatility that the likes of Yurian Timber can give you it seems like it's going to be difficult. Um, well, it's just a, a, a left. You can get a center back who's left-footed because it was right. Partey who was playing as a right back on, on the tactical sheet, but he moves into midfield. He's not a right back. So they're playing ideally with a back three. three. Only when they're defending in a low block, then you could have Thomas Partey come down as a right back. But 
they're playing ideally with three in the back. You just have to go out and get someone so who has... Is Kivior not good enough to make that a back three? Did you watch him in the All-Star game? I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't I think did. he's there yet, Nico. But I, th I think the issue with, with going into the market right now, when you look at who they're going to compete with, because there are other teams that are looking for defenders. Real Madrid are looking for defenders as well in but the market. But more of a center, straight center back. But they are looking for defenders, and Militao is a center back. But there's going to be other teams in line for defenders. When I look at Arsenal, timing is everything. There's reports that Zinchenko might be available for the Crystal Palace match at the weekend. If you get Zinchenko back, that's a massive boost. But I agree with you about the cover. Massive boost. But then what happens if Zinchenko gets injured again? And, and that's what Manchester City was so light years ahead of Arsenal because they had the depth to challenge on, on all fronts. Arsenal are in Champions League, and then they're the league, and then they have FA Cup, and they have the Carabao Cup. So in order to be at that level and stay competing, you need to have flexibility. You have to be able to interchange. And if you don't have the depth, we're going to see what we saw at the end of last season with players right getting now. injured at, at key moments. Yeah, it's a real blow for the Gunners. All right, guys, um, we are going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we are diving into PSG's 2023-24 season and what that could look like. That's after a quick break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back. Well, there's been no shortage of drama surrounding PSG this offseason. The departure of Messi and Neymar, the Kylian Mbappe saga still kind of lingering. It's definitely been a tumultuous few months for the club. So how is it going to play out for them this season? Well, in their opening match, they settled for a nil-nil draw with Lorient. 20 shots on goal. They dominate possession, but really nothing to, to show for it in that opening match of the season. How are we feeling about PSG in 2023-24? They'll Nico. be set. Reset? They'll be what? They'll, they'll be set. They'll be okay. You think? Mm. They had no Dembele in this squad right. and, and, no and Mbappe. Mbappe. Yeah. You're Enough good. Is Mbappe, and, um, it, what, what's the latest? Do we know? <laughs> what's going on? It seems to change every every minute. No, it, it seems like at this point he's, he's going to stay. He's going he's to stay back. and he's going to... Play. He's been training with the first team. He was reinstated with the first team. Fulfill his contract, and PSG is going to scramble at some point to give him an extension so that they can sell. Is that him a win-win for, for both teams, like not, both sides? Not, not, like, if they what don't, you, not if he can't agree to a contract extension. It's a win for Mbappe, regardless. regardless. Biggest, that's who is the biggest victor in all of this because out of this, we have not heard him say that I'm going to extend. 
that's still not part of things right now as we see it or as we've heard of it. But for PSG in the immediacy, and I love the part about Usman Dembele, with all the stuff going on about Kylian Mbappe, it's so quick to forget, it's so easy to forget that Usman Dembele, who's a very good footballer, if he can stay healthy, will be at PSG. Now, you've brought in Gonzalo Ramos, who he is an up-and-coming star, balled out at the World Cup for Portugal coming off the bench and actually pipped Cristiano Ronaldo to a, tar- a starting spot, if you, for- if you forgot that, watching the FIFA World Cup. That front three will be very, very good for PSG, and I think it will be business as usual. And, and again, it's Luis Enrique is a new manager. He's coming in, trying to set the tone. A, a lot of players coming, coming in and going out, and mm-hmm. so... I feel that with Skriniar and Lucas Hernandez, another a big signing who can play left back, left center back, there, there's flexibility. You can play a back there three, is, you, yeah. you can play a back four. And so for Luis Enrique, he's still understanding this squad and okay. the rotations and what's going to be asked of everyone. Remember, the pressure on PSG is not to win Liga, it's to win Champions League. And it, if you have Mbappe playing, that gives you the best chance to compete in Champions League. So there's one place where I have a big question mark because on defense, they're deep. In the first game, Marquinhos didn't start. Once you have Marquinhos in the lineup, Danilo Pereira can step in. You got Uarte, who's good Mm. defensively in the midfield alongside or in rotation with Danilo Pereira. There, there's a lot of flexibility, but here comes a question mark. They have pushed out Neymar, they have pushed out Messi, mm-hmm. and there's another key component that it seems, per reports, is closer to an exit than staying on. Verratti? And that is yep. Marco Verratti, who has been the nucleus of a fluid, dynamic, creative attack. And you can't substitute Verratti with a Carlos Soler. You cannot substitute him with a Fabian Ruiz. Vitinha's in the mix, but he's not. nobody is it's Verratti. Completely different player. So... It just seems like you lose a big step without Verratti and everybody else needs to contribute. But it's a big piece that, that leaves this squad if you don't have Verratti for but the 23 to But if you don't have Marco Verratti, then that begs the question of a possible formation change under Luis Enrique. Could you see Gonzalo Ramos, who is a center forward, and then Kylian Mbappe having a free role, almost one center forward and two speedy wide players who can play underneath and then you have a base of two defensive midfielders and then you maybe play a back three. Yeah, you could. You've got Nuno Mendes on the left uh, and then on the right you can throw in Dembele if you want but right wing back, who's, who, uh, Hakimi, don't. Hakimi, uh, you have oh, yeah, Hakimi and then your three yeah. in the back you could do Skriniar, Marquinhos and like a Kimpembe. You have, Lucas, there's, Lucas there's like, or Lucas Hernandez. Yeah. Yeah. They have like, Six center backs. Of course you could do that. And then maybe that, that's the answer to your they're, solution. They're, they're still supremely talented, this team. Mm. So, again, it's can they get into a rhythm? Can they have an identity, belief, and then conviction within mm-hmm. the squad with Mbappe? A part of this project? Is he not part of this project? Is it just for this year and then he goes off? Or is there maybe a, a one-year extension and he gives PSG another chance to, to sell him? Because ultimately he said, hey... I'm putting this out there. I'm going to fulfill my contract. You guys can sell me or not. But when this contract ends, don't be surprised if I sign with another club. And he let the fans know. I put this in PSG's court. I'm, le- I'm going to fulfill my contract. It's up to them if they want to sell me or let me play it out. 
Well, he was not in the starting 11 um, in their uh, opener against Lorient. Let's take a look at the starting 11 for PSG in that match. And then we're going to mm. compare it to the starting 11 from last year's PSG side. Um, and I want you guys to kind of compare. I mean, we talk about the goal being Champions League. Yes. Which of these, I mean, when you look at the, the lineups, which team is better poised for, for mm. Champions League? I mean, it's like, come on. This, like, this, how, this current team, because they have more balance. You think. Yes, you think. The, the top three didn't defend. They were yeah. defending with seven players. And not only that, which they, is almost they, all expect, they all expected to be, to be the guy. There, there, there wasn't chemistry with those three either. You know where I think there was no chemistry? There was no chemistry. There was little chemistry between Mbappe. the South Americans and Mbappe. Yeah. Mbappe was a little bit on an island. Messi at some point started he, strengthening that relationship on the field. Because Neymar was off. Him and Mbappe, because mm. Neymar for that large portion towards the end of the season was injured. So it feels like the identity has shifted for this PSG team and that falls on the shoulders of Luis Enrique to make this a cohesive group, a unit that works for each other, or at least works for Mbappe to get the most out of him. Uh, with Kylian Mbappe, he is ready to take full responsibility of whatever team he plays for. We've seen it with the French national team in a World Cup final. He's ready to put the S on his chest, or is it the K on his chest, to be super Kylian and lead this PSG team. To be Ballon d'Or candidate, to be the like best that. player in the world, it's uh, at this point with Messi gone, with Ronaldo gone, it's the, the, the podium for the candidates has to be Haaland, Mbappé, and whoever wishes to be there. But we're in that new generation. And with Haaland playing the way that he's playing, making a Champions League final, Mbappé's got to feel a certain responsibility to elevate PSG finally. It's not Messi's team anymore. It's not Neymar's team mm. anymore. Mm. This is the Parisian Mbappé team that has been put together. They're pretty deep. My question mark was in the midfield, but if you if you see this in you're Mbappe and you don't make the most out of it, I think it's it's a missed opportunity. Maybe mm. that was his plan all along. <laughs> it was the long the long <laughs> But it's his moment, right? He's wanted to be in the driver's seat. Yeah. More than ever. He is the guy. He is in the driver's seat right now. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. Um, all right, guys, we are going to take a break, but we are chatting more Leagues Cup with Felipe Cardenas on the other side. on the semi-final. Inter-Miami are there. Nashville are there. Who will join them? Bogush controls. Fires! Yes! Matty Bogush is living his best life! Opa! Piden falta. Opa! Si, señor. Penal! 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 Goal! Goal! Whipped in. First header, second header. Oh. Cleared off into the back! Monterey and Cabo! The Monterey American Adventure will continue. Wheels up to Nashville. League's Cup semifinals kick off tonight. Here's a look at the bracket. Monterey taking on Nashville SC at 9.30 p.m. Eastern in Nashville. And we've got that Philadelphia Inter-Miami match at 7 p.m. Eastern. You can watch those on Apple TV+. Plus. Monterey, the lone Liga MX team remaining in this tournament. They took down LAFC 
in a come from behind 3-2 win. So for more on Monterrey and their tournament, we are very happy to bring in our good friend, Felipe Cardenas. Felipe, good to see you. Hey, good morning, everybody. How are you? In, I'm back in the same hotel, <laughs> the same hotel. I feel like I've seen this one. backdrop this is, before. Better Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's it's the the Wi-Fi. How is the Wi-Fi, Nico? I don't know. I don't know. Is it okay? It is. It is clear cut. Okay. Your image. Don't worry. <laughs> you look great. You look like All a million right. bucks. Um, okay, let's chat about uh, Monterrey. As I mentioned, this is the the last remaining Liga MX side in League's Cup. How surprised are you that they are the final Liga MX team rather than say a, a Club America? I mean, I'm surprised that they're the only one, honestly, not not so much that it's Monterey, because, you know, we, if you look at their their starting 11 and even some of the players on, on the bench, this is a, a multimillion dollar team. This is one of the best teams in Mexico. Tano Ortiz, who we, you remember, was with Club America. Now he's their coach, very well uh, regarded in Mexico, the Argentine. And he and this is a team that, that knows how to play in tournaments. I think that's the one thing that's gotten them through all the adversity that they've that they've been through. You remember. They've they've traveled a ton. They're one of the, I think they're one of the teams that has traveled the most in League's Cup. Uh, their sporting director Tata Noriega came out and really dunked on League's Cup and the organizing committee and, and everything about that and how unfair it was for Mexican teams. But they played through that LAFC win. I remember it was two nil. They were losing, and I almost tweeted like a joke saying like, "Oh, I guess the referees. This is all on the referees." Like like they wanted to blame everybody but themselves. But then they came back, and and, and now they're in the final. And and I think they are a favorite. The one thing I will say to end it is, yesterday in the, in the press conference, Tano Ortiz said when he was asked by a reporter about being the lone Mexican team. He said, yes, we're the lone Mexican team, and, and perhaps we're the team that now all of Mexico is pulling for. So that was an interesting sort of wrinkle on this, this Liga MX MLS Leagues Cup. Felipe, for Liga MX and for Leagues Cup, and maybe even Apple as a whole, do you think they need Monterrey in the final for this to be considered a win, or is it just straight up a win if, if Messi and Inter-Miami mm. makes the final? Yeah, it's a great question. I think Messi getting in the final is, is going to top any anything that they could have hoped for, honestly. Uh, but an, but a Liga MX and MLS final is just, I think it's the icing on the cake. And if you can remember, if Monterey wins and Inter-Miami win, then Inter-Miami hosts the final. And then you get that, you get that on top of everything else. Like, I think a lot of people would love to see that happen in South Florida. Uh, Messi potentially playing for his, who knows, 1,000th trophy. It's, it's ridiculous at this point. But that could happen again if if, if Nashville wins and Inter Miami win. Nashville's hosting that final. But I think for Liga MX, after everything that they went through and everything that they said, remember Mikel Ariola, the president. You know, I spoke with him the day, like literally minutes before that Cruz Azul Inter Miami game, when the buzz around the tournament was sky high, and he couldn't stop talking about the format and how 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 great it was and how unprecedented the tournament was and the size of the tournament, the sponsors, the money, everything. And after. After all the team, all Liga MX teams started to get eliminated, he changes too. And he said, you know, he admitted that the fans have been have been complaining. That was what he said, complaining about the officiating, the VAR, you know, VAR, the, the, the fact that the teams are Mexican teams are visitors at every time they play. So if to get a team in the final and potentially win it would be a great thing for Liga MX to, to say, OK, we fought through this and we now we're champions of the inaugural Leagues Cup. It would be massive for them. So looking at this matchup for Monterrey and Nashville, Nashville 
they upset Club America. It feels like they're growing, and, and Schaffelberg has been one of those players who has, I think, benefited from playing with Ahani Mukhtar, the way he's able to run the channels. How do you see Monterrey lining up against this Nashville side? Yeah, like I said, Monterey is a team that when just through the the, the first 11, you, you, there's some big names, the World Cup veterans on that side in the back line with Gajardo and Moreno, Mexican internationals. You've got the former Boca goalkeeper, Andrade. You know, this is a guy that's coming into his form. We've heavily criticized and Nico would know when he went to Mexico, did not play well uh, and now finding his form as a top, top goalkeeper uh, that is there between the sticks. Uh, strong in midfield, deep on the bench is Monterey. But I really do think I Obviously, up front, they have Funes Mori and Canales, Sergio Canales, the new number 10. Uh, so so it's, it's a team that I think they can do what they want. And you saw against LAFC, a bit sloppy, a bit lackadaisical. But I think against Nashville, they may sit a little bit and just sit and sit and sit. Uh, attack when they can try to try to just maintain the energy levels because that's the one thing that Tano Ortiz said yes told reporters yesterday said the one thing he's most impressed with with his side is the the, the energy levels that they still have in, at this stage of the tournament considering all the travel and the games that they've played so I think that's going to be a key for them to stay just in it physically against the Nashville side that's playing really well. You, you mentioned Mukhtar, you mentioned, playing in Nashville, they're a tough team to break down. You know, I think Monterey, though, is a team that can wait. And, and, and that's interesting because if they if they can do that and just break them down little by little, it could be a, an interesting matchup in the second half. Felipe, good to see you, my friend. Let's move further north, mid-Atlantic, the marquee matchup of the night, Philadelphia Union versus Lionel Messi in Inter-Miami. Big game. What do you make of this game, and how do you see these teams matching up against each other? Yeah, I think you could. We could all agree. You know, Inter Miami has been tested in every game just because they were a team without Messi and, and Busquets and Alba. They were a team that was in last place, struggling. You know, no real identity. So just just inserting Tata Martino and these top three players and getting them to understand each other in, in, in real live matches. I think that was a huge test. Now, the Union, I think, are honestly the best team they faced. It's and, and I mean that because. They have the, the former MLS coach of the year in Jim Curtin. This is a team that you know how they're going to play. You know, they're diamond midfield. It's now a 3-5-2 diamond midfield. That was something that Tata Martino talked about yesterday. He knows them very well. He knows Curtin very well. And, and I think the rub here is that with Tata Martino teams, no matter who they face, they want to be the ones that really impose themselves on the match and they want to stick to their ideas and they want to stick to their philosophies. I think there will be some wrinkles though that Martino may incorporate because the midfield is going to be the battle. You're going to have to try to move Messi around and get him away from, from El Brujo Martinez, you know, the, the, the defensive center midfield of Venezuelan for the union that I think will be tracking him throughout the field. You're going to want to move Busquets around. And, and I think if they play with a double pivot, that's one way to, to really disrupt a diamond midfield. So it's, I think it is a, big, big tactical matchup between two top coaches. That's why I'm excited for it. And obviously you have the messy card that could just break everything down and, and win the game in a moment's notice. But it's tough to, to win in Philadelphia. Maybe that's something that that's something that Messi hasn't experienced. So we'll see how that goes. So after reports, Felipe, yesterday that Messi had some sort of a very light tweak or a knock, it sounds from what you're saying, you understand that he's probably good to go tonight. 
Yeah, he's good to go. And again, I'm going based off what Tata Martino said yesterday during during his press conference. Uh, if you saw the video, it's it's just a very unlucky play on non-contact. They're still doing rondos. He he just stabs his toe into the ground. Messi does and, and and does tweak the ankle. And you could see it hurt like he grimaced. He hopped around a little bit and, and, and all the reporters saw. So immediately that was the first question that Tata had to take from. Remember, there are reporters here from Argentina that have been here all month. And so they're, they're tracking that every movement that Messi makes Tata said that he didn't see it. He wasn't in that portion of the training, but he said, if, if it were bad, I think there would be people running around like, like a scandal had occurred and that's not happening. So he's going to be good to go. Uh, but it was, it was interesting, you know, just one little, one little misstep and, 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 you know, suddenly Messi's up in the air, but that's Nico. I think that's something that just is, is always going to be lingering around this team. Like, is he healthy? What happens if he can't go? You know, how does the team recover? But it, I don't think it's, it's not going to happen tonight. He's he's playing. All right, Philippe, if you have any more inside information as the day progresses, let me know, because that would be five hours there <laughs> back of driving that uh, I could save if we know that he's not playing. Are you it kidding me? Like you don't want to see Robert Taylor? I'm, I'm, oh. I mean, at this point, I'm going, you know. The finish he's Ronaldo? Robert Taylor. Oh, and who's he he the the Ronaldo? Ronaldo? I, I want to see Rujo Martinez. Don't disrespect oh, these guys. <laughs> Robert Taylor, the fi- the Finiesta. That's who he is. Yeah, like Did you make that up? I can't Felipe? take credit for that. I can't okay, take credit yeah. Okay, I was going to say, you need to trademark that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> great stuff, as always. Thanks so much for joining us, Felipe. Enjoy uh, Miami. Yeah. Does, does Lionel Messi have a Philly cheesesteak while he's in? No. Could you imagine? Mm. That, that should be like a no. challenge. He's got to eat at least half there's a Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> there's a burger named after a chicken sandwich have, named you after You should have him try food from each city that Inner Miami have to go to as part of his. I would watch that. I would definitely do. I mean, I think that's awesome. Does he score t- tonight? So now it's just over under 1.5 goal contributions? No, not contributions. Mm. Goals. No. Ooh. Assist. Andre Blake. Assist. Remember, Andre Blake's in goal. This isn't trying to mediocre. not throw some <laughs> disrespect over think? here with names. No, is Messi scoring? Yes. yes. No, he's not here. <laughs> yeah. That's going to do it for us. Thanks so much for tuning in. Let's do it again. Mañana. Have a great day, everyone.